Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. I had so much fun interviewing Liz Josephsberg because we used to work together at Weight Watchers back in 2004, 2005. And now we've reconnected. Her trajectory has just shot up. She's a celebrity weight loss trainer. She worked for many years as the director of brand advocacy for Weight Watchers after her career as a Broadway actress and having give that up. She became a private coach and consultant. She's now a nationally renowned wellness and weight loss expert. She's best known for helping Oscar-winning actress and musician Jennifer Hudson lose weight and transform her life. She's also helped Jessica Simpson, Charles Barkley, Katie Couric, Suze Orman, and Amber Riley. Today, Liz coaches both high-profile talent and everyday clients in all areas of weight loss, balance, and nutrition. An NASM certified personal trainer and nutrition exercise specialist, Liz's deep knowledge comes from her personal journey and her drive to gather all the latest information on behavior modification, which she will talk about in our upcoming conversation. She's also helped companies develop wellness technology from wearables and devices to apps and programs and has consulted for Lifetime Fitness, Misfit Wellness, Level, Life Reimagined, Stash, and more. She also worked with Turner Broadcast as they began creating a new digital television network focused on health and wellness. And she's collaborating with former client Charles Barkley on a show for AOL Digital. Her counsel has appeared widely in print, including in People Magazine, The New York Times, Ebony, Real Simple, Women's World, and Us Weekly. She's appeared on Good Morning America, QVC, The Dr. Oz Show, The Oprah Winfrey Show, Katie and the Doctors, and is a sought-after speaker and panelist at national events. She also leads weight loss groups in her neighborhood in New Jersey, where she lives with her husband and her two sons. Finally, she's the founder of Target 100 and the author of the book, Target 100, Lose Weight for Good, the world's simplest weight loss program in six easy steps. So now listen to our conversation. Enjoy. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. (laughs) Thank you. So glad to be here, Zippy. So Liz and I worked together sort of at Weight Watchers in like a hundred years ago. This is crazy. I completely remembered you and I saw your picture and I've sort of been following you along the way as you, as your sort of star has risen and your clientele has exploded and you've written books. I mean, you're like amazing. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. I feel the same way about you as I, I was just thinking like, wow, so fun to, to see your name pop up in my inbox and go, oh my goodness, look at what she's done. <laughs> I mean, really fun. So, congratulations. Uh, I feel like that was you too. I'm like 2004, maybe 2004 yeah. or something. Yeah. And now what is it? 2020? Insane. Yeah. Okay. 16, not 100, but it feels like 100 years ago. <laughs> it feels like 100 sizes ago for me as oh, well, but that's okay. <laughs> 
So Liz, so many things to discuss. First of all, your book, which I, I love the sign you have like in behind you, your Target 100 plan and book and everything. Start by telling me a little about that. And then I want to hear about your whole journey and weight what you know, the whole thing. But let's start with a book as a quick like synopsis of, of that as well. Sure. Well, and I would say a little bit of just my sort of like like 18 years in the weight loss industry and struggling with my own weight for since I was 14 years old. And, you know, just that journey of being behind the scenes at so many weight loss companies and places like Lifetime Fitness and Optum Health and really being literally in the ranks of those companies behind the scenes, I learned so much. And I and honestly, Target 100 is a little bit about pulling the curtain back on the weight loss industry and finally telling the truth about the fact that some of the stuff you've been taught is not ever going to work. And that when you start to look at weight loss through a new lens. And when you start to understand that it isn't just about food, I'm sort of famous from my tagline, this is not about food, guys. I've never met a person who didn't know that there was a smarter food choice to make, right? I, I say, oh, you don't know that you know choosing an apple over a Snickers bar is better. That's never been the issue. And I think that I wanted to give people their power back and say, you are empowered once you know the truth about the fact that this isn't just about food, sure, there's a food component, but if we don't think about hydration, movement, right, your everyday movement, as opposed to exercise, so we look at movement and exercise, your stress levels and your sleep patterns, and if we don't look at those through the lens of behavior modification and habit formation, there's just it's going to be an endless journey basically through the same rabbit hole, if you will. So I really I struggled with my weight, as I say, since I was 14. And then I was a professional actress on top of that before I went into weight loss. So I emotionally, physically, mentally struggled with this piece. And it was so painful for me. It's literally become my life's work to try to relieve some of that pain for other people and to tell the truth. Wow. That's so, that whole thing is so inspiring. <laughs> Go back to age 14. I want to just hear a little more detail about what was going on then, the pain, the struggle, the, t- take me through it a little more. What ended up working for you, how you dealt with it all? You know, I think, and when I think back to that, that age of 14, I, I think, you know, it was regular, old female girl going through puberty. But at that time in history, I think it was a really punishing thing that if you were a little bit different at that time, if you didn't look like everybody else, it was immediately like, oh, we have to do something. And so my parents enrolled me in a diet center at the age of 14, where I was weighed and everything I ate was was looked at. And I had to eat supplements and these packets of dressing that I'll never I had the get. same thing. I bet you I had the same dressing. I can yes, I can yes. see the packets. I can oh see God. the dressing. Oh my God. I'm having like PTSD. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's okay. I was also, I think, I think I was younger than that, but I think I was 13 or something. But anyway, go on. Well, that's why looking back at it now, I feel like so sad for that little girl because what that told me at that moment in my life was you aren't right. Something isn't right about you. Something isn't lovable about you. And I think from that moment on, I made it that I 
had to be a certain thing. I had to look a certain way to be acceptable to my parents even, which that's kind of deep, right? Like, and I know they weren't doing it to hurt me. They were, they were hoping that maybe they were worried that kids were going to make fun of me, or they were worried that I would not be healthy or, you know, but at that time, you're 14, you don't know how to sort that kind of thing out. And you don't know what that did to you. So I went on this sort of endless quest from there of extreme diets. And I would yo-yo up and down really basically 30 pounds for the next 10 years. I probably lost 30 pounds at least five or six times and kind of ending up at Weight Watchers in my 30s after yo-yoing, being extreme dieter, being an extreme runner, doing you know literally any diet that came on the market, which I'm guessing a lot of people listening to this podcast can relate to. If a book came out, if Oprah said it worked, if, you know, if I saw a friend who was having success, I went there. And that kind of landed me you know, in just a horrible cycle, a spin cycle, if you will, of up and down. And emotionally, it was just crippling for me. You know, it was just, I just didn't know who I was. I, I was constantly trying to seek approval through the way I looked. And I think the, the final time that I lost that 30 pounds was at Weight Watchers. I went there in 2002 after actually getting married, doing a crazy extreme diet to the point where like I took stackers and was like running on treadmills and having panic attacks, like literally doing things that are dangerous, right? For your, for your own physical self. And I, I, I lost like 25 pounds for my wedding in an extreme way. I went on my honeymoon and I gained 10 of it back in less than like six days, right? Like it was just that kind of stuff that was going on. So ended up sort of like saying, okay, I'm going to leave acting and I need to find, a, you know, I started a new production company and I started trying to figure out who I was. And I ended up at Weight Watchers as a client, to take the weight off that I, of course, had regained after the wedding. And it was kind of a life-changing experience because I had always dieted alone. And I had never realized that the things that I was thinking in my own head, so many other people were thinking and doing and experiencing. So that was sort of the aha moment, was sitting in the room and realizing, wow, I'm not alone. There's nothing wrong with me. I've gotten some mixed up ideas along the way. So that was just a really empowering and impactful experience, which, you know, I I started there as a client and then I got a job at the lowest level of the company, just weighing people in every day, you know, transitioning in my career. I would go over on my lunch break and weigh people in. I was in Manhattan with you. I had, you know, worked my way up to being a leader. Then I ended up landing in on weightwatchers.com where I became one of the first, you know, people in the dot-com boom era of Weight Watchers and kind of it grew from there to the point where I helped their CEO lose 40 pounds. And he and I were just very like-minded at the at that moment in history. And I was like, you know, this, I'm young. I was young at that point. I was like 32. And I was like, this doesn't appeal to people even my age, right? Only it was only for like everyone would called it like their mother's diet or their grandmother's diet. So he and I kind of really agreed that we needed to do some real kind of outreach or changes in what that company looked like to appeal to people. And long story short, you know, after helping him and being so like-minded, we had celebrities that wanted to do Weight Watchers, but they didn't want anyone to know that they were doing Weight Watchers. So they would send me in 
to help them. So, right. Like my, the first one was Katie Couric and she was just like, you know, I need, I, I, she had just become the first female news anchor in history. And she was like, I want to look my best. And so my CEO was like, Liz, go help her do what you did for me. Do the private meetings really create sort of a black ops level of Weight Watchers and take care of her. And it started there and it just kind of grew. I think because of my background in acting, I could really relate to someone like Katie. I knew what the pressure she was under. I understood her lifestyle very well and we clicked. And then it was Jennifer Hudson, same thing, Chicago girl. I'm a Chicago girl. I was a singer. She's a singer. You know, it's, we just got each other and I just started kind of help. That became my role. I was in the marketing department and I appeared on, you know, all of their national media as their national spokesperson, even co-hosting a, a, a season of Dr. Oz at, at one point. And it just kind of took off from there. It was just one of those things that was born out of this pain. And it was not my plan. I didn't go to school for this. You know what I mean? Like I just studied in the school of being on the ground with the whole thing. By the way, I, I feel like I have rarely spoken to somebody whose trajectory is so similar to, to my own, but I had the same like aha epiphany moment sitting in a meeting room. I remember I was in like some church basement on like West 12th street or something with Lenore and there were all these old women and me. And I was like, I can't believe that everybody is like the things that I always beat myself up for thinking were like tiny issues, like, or that I didn't even articulate, like, how am I going to get through this meal or my weekend or, you know, this weight gain or weight loss or whatever that people were feeling it. And also celebrating all the victories that like, like the fact that there was a five pound bookmark was just the coolest thing ever. I was like, really? I've lost five pounds 5,000 times. Do you know how many bookmarks I would have on my wall? If, and then I did the same thing as you. I became, I started weighing people in as a receptionist and then I became a leader. And then I did some of that black up stuff too with some of the private clients, not Mm -hmm. the celebrities, but Yes, yes. A lot of like, you know, influential women in their homes. And then I ended up getting pregnant and dropping out altogether. I had twins and whatever. So then I, I sort of stopped for a while. But yeah, and now, and you just like kept, you were just like, you just sh- like shot up like rocket. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I think but passion you know. and wanting yeah. to help others because like I've spent, like you, I just, I feel like I have wasted so much time beating myself up mm-hmm. and not knowing that was even an option. And like you, like I didn't, I'm not even talking about like a huge amount of weight. Like I want to go dig up pictures of myself when my oh. parents sent me to the weight loss, the weight mm-hmm. center. I, maybe I was like five pounds, over, maybe 10, maybe fifth, maybe 15, but yeah. probably not like insane. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. Well, and I do, it's really interesting now because I'll have parents ask me, hey, do you work with kids? And and I'm always like, oh gosh, no, I please give them a chance. <laughs> like give them a chance to go through puberty and like maybe they're not gonna look exactly like, you know, every other kid, but you have no idea what's on the other side of that. You know, like they may shoot up six inches or, you know, like they may do X, Y, or Z. So, you know, make sure that it's not at a, at a super influential age, you know, and, and make it very, very low. Also, I think that that influenced my desire to look deeper, right? So I I was with Weight Watchers for 11 years and and I I think it's a wonderful and fantastic place for people to go to lose weight. But I also was now a Weight Watchers expert and I didn't want to be a Weight Watchers expert. I wanted to be a weight loss industry expert. 
So that led me on this journey of like after 11 years there, I left and started my own company and started working around the world in weight loss, went back to school, got certifications as a personal trainer. Like I didn't want to just know food, right? I wanted to know 360 degrees around this thing. And that's sort of when I really realized that like so much of the stuff that we learned has affected us long-term in the way that we relate to food and, and, and uncovering some of those secrets about the brain science that, that will really free you forever from that cycle have been the most impactful work that I've gotten to do. Give me one of those, one of those nuggets that you got. Well, I, I think especially because you can relate to the weighing in of the ladies at Weight Watchers, right? So I, I love like just the pure hilarity of the fact that somebody you don't know walks into a room and sheds every piece of clothing that they can legally in front of you and then begins to just kind of like have this full on, it's like as if they're in, you know, like in front of a priest and they're just going to give their whole life story. And, you know, and it happens over and over. You wait hundred people in a half an hour. And you're like, wow, this is unbelievable. And what it kept finding to be so interesting was that people would talk about the fact that they had done well up until a certain point in their week, mm-hmm. where then they went over their points or they went over their calories or whatever you, you want to call it. They went over in some way that made them feel badly about the situation. And then from that moment on, they could not recover, right? They just went off the rails. So that one thing, that one feeling badly about something went that made them off the rails. And I was like, that's so weird. Why do we do that? So when I learned this about the brain science is whenever we feel guilt or shame around anything, it actually, it actually highlights the reward center in the brain. So the reward center gets lit up and we actually go and reward ourselves with exactly what it was that we were trying to stay away from. Hmm. So that's what was happening is they were feeling guilty and shameful that they'd gone over their points and that they probably had ruined something. And then they went and then sort of like a gambler, if you've seen a gambler at a gambling table who's losing and you're like, why don't they stop? Like it's the same brain science that's going on behind there is which then you, it's turned on and it's very hard to not do what it was that you are addicted to, or you are, you know, you have a, a, a leaning towards, right? So once I understood that, that drive uh, and, and trying to teach people to eradicate the guilt and shame around this process, and, but then realizing how deeply embedded it is in us, right? When I talk to you about being a 14-year-old girl who feels like perhaps she's not lovable, every food choice was filled with guilt and shame. Every, you know, unless I was perfect, I wasn't good enough. So really digging deep in on pulling away guilt and shame and, and replacing it, what we know will work is we replace it with gratitude instead. So gratitude will literally light up the serotonin receptors and and set free a bunch of great endorphins and and, and wonderful things that can shut off the reward center. So kind of really the brain game, I call it almost like a Rubik's Cube, right? Like you you really have to learn how to play with that brain and understand that the brain is, is a prehistoric creature that is trying to drive you to overeat and doesn't understand the world we live in, making 200 food decisions in a day. It doesn't even, can't even comprehend that we shouldn't be eating all that food. 
because we used to have to eat all that food because we only were going to get food every once in a while. So those understanding the drivers behind my decisions, instead of feeling like something was broken in me, being like, oh, my body's doing what it thinks it should do. My brain is doing what it thinks is going to help me. And I can find the ways around that by creating an environment that supports me or by creating habits that keep me, you know, from those decisions or keep endorphins flowing like exercise or, you know, those, those of those six pillars, relieving stress so that I'm not eating emotionally or eating because chemicals and hormones are being released because of stress. So that feeling of being a marionette for the whole of my life, kind of being controlled by food and everything around food and my thoughts around food, all kind of faded away once I understood why I did what I did. Wow. That is so powerful. I mean, it just totally, it just like shifts the locus of control completely to something that's out of your control and you grapple with and wrestle with and battle with to something that you have like a couple levels, like on an old fashioned stereo. And if you tweak these and put these up and these down, then you can actually have a great sound. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it sounds like it's just so motivating, right? It's so motivating. It takes all the anguish out of the equation. Well, and and that's the purpose for me, right? Relieve that pain, take away that anguish, drop all of those emotions around it and see it in a new light. I will tell you though, it's amazing. I work with groups. I do, I run, I have a whole program that we created around Target 100 and we have courses that we do. And I do a beginner course that runs, it's a 10 week course. And we, we file through each of the pillars, right? One at a time. And it's unbelievable to see how much people don't want to let go of the idea that it's just about food. And if I just could find that perfect food plan, or oh, maybe it's keto, it must be keto, there must be something wrong with me. And I just, now they figured it out. It's, it's got to be this new, oh, it's Whole30. If I would just do Whole30 correctly, why can't I do Whole30 right? I can never make it through the 30 days. Oh, I'm so bad, right? They hold on to this punishment and this negativity. It takes a good seven to eight weeks for me to penetrate and begin to, to disable or dis, you know, like Lenore used to say it beautifully. She had a saying for it where she would say, untangle the wires or something like that. Untangle. She would talk about like, you just got to kind of put the wires in the right place because people have done it in one way for so many years or are so inundated by the marketing around weight loss and what real weight loss looks like is nothing what you see in the movies. It's, it is not a straight line. It does not come with a beautiful you know, trajectory down. It comes with a lot of self-reflection. There are plateaus. There are little ups. So we all gain a little bit of weight back. Even me, I'm you know, maintaining a 65-pound weight loss at this point after you know, kind of gaining a ton of weight at one point. And, and that is, it's not pretty all the time. It's not meant to be, it's meant to be real life and kind of getting to that place where you remove perfectionism from this equation will help a lot as well. I found the part of Weight Watchers upon reflection, in addition to the food and making it into a number game and not a shame game that you know, the equations sort of help me see things without emotion, but also it was the accountability, right? And having a group to report into and having a day that I picked it. And so when I started this group, for instance, I was like, well, I know that 
I was like picking and choosing what had worked for me, I thought, right? And I obviously know how to eat. I know what to eat. I've taught it. I Mm -hmm. also went online, like I got another nutrition degree. Like I get it. I'm not a moron. And yet I gain all this weight. (laughs) So it's not that. So what element, so accountability and having just the group to be like, well, you want to do 5,000 different diets? Great. But like, here we are together. How does your program sort of take that piece of it into account? That needing to like report in or somehow having the support. Yeah. And, and that's why I created the groups online. Like, because after all the research I've done, all the companies that I've worked at, really the, the, the secret sauce of weight loss is accountability and support. And there are certain folks that, that can be successful with weight loss without it. There are different segments. I've been in segmentation studies and, and all kinds of, of places with this, but really the number one thing is to have that accountability and support in some way. So even with Target 100, which Target 100 to me is a diet agnostic plan. I have a nutrition guideline. My nutrition guideline is to eat 100 grams of carbs or less in a day. You know, And, it, and even that guideline, I, I model it after... And it's called Target 100 because it's modeled after an archery, you know, playing archery with my sons, just realizing that when you play archery, you aim for, you aim for the, the bullseye, but you don't hit it. Barely ever do you actually hit it, but you still get points. So again, trying to remove that guilt and shame, all of the targets that I use in my book are ish. Right. So if you go to 110 one day or you go to 105, you go to 90 one day, doesn't matter. It was never about that. It was that you want, don't have a hard and fast line in the sand where you're bad once you do something. Right. So that, that piece of target 100 is for me, like what you're saying, I don't care. I don't care if, if Weight Watchers works for you, if somehow their point system makes sense to your brain, that's all that matters to me. You can count points and do target 100. You can do whole 30 and do target 100. There are five other pillars that no other diet company is talking about. So you're going to be more successful by layering target 100 on top of the plan that works for you. And then finding your support and accountability. So I run groups and they are right now, they're on Zoom. I used to have them. I have a center. We have a 24-7 WhatsApp chat group. We have a private Facebook group. We meet every week for an hour. There's you know, there's the opportunity to report weigh-ins if you want to, you know, like all of those things to give you that support and accountability. So you begin to hear not only just that you're not alone, but what about the tips and the tricks and talk about like watching this thing through COVID has been what a game change COVID has been for us. I mean, in terms of just our lack of movement alone is enough to put five pounds on any one of us. Just the fact that we sit all day and don't walk around is critically, it's, I mean, there, we're all going to get sick from this, you know? So figuring out with a group, you know, we'll have anywhere between 30 and 50 people in a group online that meet and it's all about that, the bonding between those people, the, the hearing things differently from one person, the, the sharing of products, the sharing of recipes, the sharing of, of, of just your life. You know, in the, the group that I'm just finishing up today is our 10th week of our beginner course today. We'll do it, our last meeting tonight. We've all shared so many dog pictures and we all know each other's dogs. Like we, you know, we know where we live. We all, when COVID's over, we're all going to meet up because we're all in a like-minded situation trying to do something 
for ourselves and trying to eradicate all of the old messaging around it. So I totally believe in it. It's the one thing that I that I picked up from Weight Watcher, and not the one thing I picked up many things, but one of those things that I've really kept in all of my programs. I've written tons of programs across the world at this point, but you got to find a way to have accountability and support. Amazing. So if listeners want to sign up and find out more, where should they go? No, they can go to lizjosephsburg.com or they can go to target100program.com and you're going to see all the information there. We're just getting ready. Actually, we're going to do, for the first time ever, we're doing a sort of a weight loss, holiday-proof your weight loss course that'll start on November 30th. And it'll be a four-week course. It's sort of like a little sampler. And then in January, we'll kick off hard with another beginner course. We have next level courses, exercise courses. We have courses that we're developing in all the pillars at this point and basically really just reaching far and wide to try to help as many people as possible. So awesome. Well, Liz, so great to reconnect with you. I'm like beyond impressed by everything you've accomplished and how many people you must have helped and all of it. It's so inspiring to see you doing all this and just being of service to so many. So it's really amazing. And now I'm, you know, doing deep dive into all of your stuff. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. And I'm so excited. I am in your Facebook community for the Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I am in there as a resource, guys. Like if you want to reach out to me, I just want to help. If you're having questions, like feel free to reach out. Amazing. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for all your time. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks. <laughs>